Welcome to today's Triple Z. The Triple Z Podcast is a daily program that you can use to help you fall asleep each night. Just turn down the volume, lay back, relax and enjoy as you fall asleep. Today we are traveling back in time to 1986 and learning how to play a very early cross-platform game, Destroyer by Epics Incorporated. If you enjoy our program, please be sure to write us a review on your podcast platform and share us with a friend. You both might sleep just a little better at night. Our website is triple Z, that's three Z's dot media. You can also like and share our content on Facebook or our Instagram account ZZZ underscore media underscore podcast. Music for today's episode was provided by the Sleep Channel on Spotify. Instruction manual for Commodore 64 and 128, Apple II, IBM PC registered and 100% compatible computers. Introduction Welcome aboard Captain. We hope you're ready to face the many battles in this war. Do you have what it takes to fend off the lurking U-boat wolf packs, diving zero fighters, sharpshooting Imperial Navy cruisers, and suicidal kamikaze bombers? Can you safely shepherd a convoy across the stormy North Atlantic or land your troops on the razor-sharp coral beaches of some tiny tropical island in the far South Pacific? Maybe you have what it takes, maybe not. You certainly have the right tools, a Fletcher-class destroyer and crew. These vessels are ideally suited as the guardians of the fleet. For the most part, these ships rely on their torpedoes and guns for offensive armament, while their machine guns, cannons, and depth charges are used defensively. Objective The overall objective is to fulfill your selected mission without being sunk. Each mission will emphasize certain considerations such as protecting merchant ships, landing troops, moving supplies, etc. But if 10 or more of your stations are damaged, your destroyer is sunk and all of your efforts will have been for nothing. You must continually repair damage to your ship to remain operational. The various controls will not work accurately until completely repaired. Main gun shells and depth charges are resupplied only after your damage team has completed all repairs although torpedoes are not. Good luck with your selected mission. We're depending on you. Refer to Captain's notes for historical background information and to the glossary for definitions of ship terms. Getting started. For Commodore 64 or 120 computers. Set up your Commodore 64 or 120 computer as shown in the owner's manual. Note, for Commodore 128, set system to C64 mode. Plug your joystick into port number 2. Turn the computer and the disk drive on. Insert the destroyer disk into the drive, label facing up, cutout pointing toward the back. Type load asterisk 81 and press the return key. With the fast load cartridge, Turn the disk drive and computer on. Insert the destroyer disk into the drive, label facing up, cutout pointing toward the back. 
press and hold the Commodore key in the run, stop key to load the program. For IBM PC and 100% compatibles. Set up your IBM PC or compatible as shown in the owner's manual. If you're using a joystick, plug it in as shown in the owner's manual. Insert your MS-DOS disk into the disk drive, drive A on a two-drive system. Turn on the computer. If your computer is already on, press the Control, Alt, and delete keys simultaneously to restart the computer system. When MS-DOS is loaded, insert the destroyer disk into the drive, label facing up, cut out pointing toward the back. Type the command destroyer. For Apple II computers. Set up your Apple II computer as shown in the owner's manual. If you're using a joystick, plug it in as shown in the owner's manual. Otherwise, follow the cursor key instructions set in parentheses after each joystick instruction. Insert the destroyer disk into the disk drive, label facing up, cut out pointing toward the back. Turn on the computer. Note, use the Epix 500XJ joystick with tactile response microswitches for more precise, instant control. The only joystick that actually fits your hand with the trigger button light at your fingertips. Guaranteed for 10 million uses. Starting play. Note, IBM and Apple players can use the directional cursor keys on the keyboard and the spacebar instead of a joystick. Just follow the keyboard command following each joystick instruction. The title screen will appear. Press the fire button, space bar, to continue. Type in the name of your ship for this game and press return. When requested, type in your name and press return again. Select one of seven challenging missions from introductory to advanced scenarios. First select the mission, then the difficulty level, easy, intermediate, or advanced. Push the joystick forward or pull back or use the up key and down key to change selections. The selection you are changing will turn yellow, IBM, red, move the joystick left or right, or use the keyboard left and right arrows to change levels or missions, then use the joystick or cursor keys to get to start game and press the fire button, spacebar. You will then receive your orders and a description of the scenario you're to encounter. Press the fire button, spacebar, to begin the mission. Subhunter, use sonar, depth charges, navigation. You're to seek and destroy an enemy submarine that has been sighted in your patrol area. Use your sonar to track the enemy submarine while maneuvering toward it. When your ship is above the submarine, attack with depth charges. Don't let this one get away. Screen, use radar, anti-aircraft guns, navigation. Your task force has been positioned south of you. To the north are a large number of enemy aircraft heading toward your carriers. You must protect them at any cost. Your radar will give you warning of the airplanes before they are on you, so you can ready the anti-aircraft guns in time to defend yourself. Scout, use sonar. Radar, 
weapon systems dependent on enemy encounter. An important convoy must cross a treacherous strait. You are to scout the intended route for enemy patrols. You will be notified as you reach each checkpoint. Maintain radio silence until you return to base to make your report. Avoid combat to keep the enemy guessing as to your intentions. Bombardment, use surface guns, radar, anti-aircraft, navigation. The Marines are landing. You must shell key parts of the island and maneuver close to the beach to search for flashes of enemy gun emplacements. Silence them with your main guns, avoid the return fire, and destroy any enemy aircraft threatening the invasion beaches. A combination of good radar operation, keen lookouts, and sharp shooting will be necessary to protect the amphibious assault. Blockade runner, use surface guns, torpedoes, radar, sonar, navigation. One of our small island outposts has been surrounded by enemy forces. The garrison requires certain critical supplies in order to hold out. You are to take your battle season crew and run the blockade. All stations must operate at full efficiency as you will be facing multiple threats from ships, submarines, and fighters. Convoy escort, all systems used. You have been assigned to lead a slow merchant convoy to a beleaguered outpost deep in enemy territory. Your assigned position is the left front sector of the convoy's advance. Your sister ships are assigned to other areas. It is your responsibility to run interference for those ships and to see the convoy safely to the harbor on time regardless of enemy action. Rescue, all systems used, pilot signals, enemy guns. A friendly pilot has been shot down in your area and made it to a small chain of islands. You must rescue him soon. His signal beacon is rapidly getting weaker and get him back to base. As his position is behind enemy lines, speed and stealth are very important. The pilot will signal SOS with a mirror when he sees you approach, but beware that flash might also be enemy gunfire. Controls. A destroyer can be a complicated ship to sail and fight with. To make control easier, all controls have been separated into stations. Each weapon type and sensor has a station, along with the bridge and damage control. All stations are shown on different screens. You can access these stations by typing in the two-letter codes and then pressing return. The commands and any appropriate responses will be shown on the message line located toward the bottom of the screen. Once a station has been selected, the controls are manipulated using the joystick or cursor keys. Keyboard. There are also two additional codes to be used in particular circumstances. TR used at the surface gun station to activate the targeting. Radar. ABE when all else fails, abandon ship to end the current mission. Helm. There is a special set of controls that appears at the bottom of the screen on four of the stations above, observation deck, bridge, radar, and sonar. This special section is called the helm.
It allows you to control the heading and speed of the ship. Push the joystick forward or pull back or use cursor keys up or down until the light flashes next to the item you wish to change. Steer TO allows you to set the course you wish to follow. Right and left movements of the joystick or cursor keys will move the dial right and left. The new course setting is shown at the center of the dial under the marker. Press the fire button, space bar, to set it on automatic. The dial will turn black to indicate this and the joystick has no effect until the fire button, space bar, is pressed again. When on automatic, the auto switch of the bridge reflects the same. Current heading shows exactly where the bow of the destroyer is pointing. It takes time to turn a 3,000 ton ship around, so don't be surprised if you see this dial moving after a new heading, steer 2, order is given. SPD, the throttle, controls the pre-selected settings for the engines and therefore their speeds are measured as full, half, slow, stop, and slow reverse, shown as FHSSTS, moving the joystick right and left or using the arrow and cursor keys will move the throttle marker right and left to set your speed. Current speed displays the current speed of the ship in knots. As with turning, it takes some time to get a 3,000 ton ship moving. Stations. Note, the screen representations in this section are those of the Commodore 64. IBM and Apple screens may vary slightly. NA, navigation. The particular path to be followed by the quartermaster, the sailor who actually turns the wheel, is defined on the map at this station. The view is of a map boxed off into 100 squares, each 5,000 yards per side. The top is always north. Your position, blip, and the position of islands, squares, any friendly ships, moving dots, and your base are shown on this map. You may plot a course with up to four destination points on this map. To follow this course, the AUT switch on the bridge must be turned on. To plot a course, first press the fire button, space bar. Then move the joystick to place point one on the spot where you want your next destination point and press the fire button, space bar, again. A bullet will appear to the right of your log entry at the bottom of the screen. Repeat this procedure until you are ready to place your last turn, then press the fire button, space bar, twice. If you are at the fourth turn, you will automatically be finished and do not need to press the fire button, space bar, twice. Replotting a course may be done when the revised order's light at the top left of the screen is blinking. A record of your course is shown on the bottom half of the screen. The locations for your destination points are given in longitude and latitude. As you reach each destination point, a second bullet will appear next to the log entry. Controls to change. The light at the far row you are on. BR, bridge. This is the brain of the ship. Automatic function of the stations, course settings, speed, and crew reports are all available here. 
No other station contains as many controls as the bridge. The view shows a control panel full of toggle switches and dials. The dials are all located on the bottom of the screen in the helm section. Push the joystick forward, up key, or pull it back, down key to select which row of height of that row will flash to indicate which. Move the joystick left, left key, or right, right key to move across the screen to the different switches. A control is activated when the blue light next to it flashes. Press the fire button, space bar, to turn the switch on or off. The light next to the switch is yellow, IBM, blue, when it is on, and green, IBM, red, when it is off. The top row is for status reports for the sonar, radar, and damage control stations. When each switch is toggled, a report will appear on the message line. The second row from the top is for maneuvering orders from the helm. Switches may be set for pursuit, PUR, evasive action, EVA, auto, EET, or manual, man, helm control. Pursuit, the ship automatically follows the closest enemy sub. This releases you to concentrate your attention on sinking that sub. Evasive action, to run an erratic course so that enemy ships, submarines, and aircraft have a harder time hitting you. Automatic, to follow the course defined under the navigation station. This frees you to patrol other areas and pay attention to your radar and sonar reports. Manual, when a special maneuver is needed. For example, to bring your torpedo tubes to bear on an enemy ship or drop depth charges. When this is selected, the present course is suspended until EUT is reselect. Manual controls are directed from the helm. The next row controls the crew status. There are three levels available, general, quarters, GK or battle stations, condition two, and condition three. General quarters, to turn on all weapon systems at one time. All weapons will fire automatically unless you go to a specific weapon station, surface, anti-aircraft guns, or depth charges, which then is under manual control. Condition two, to turn on specific weapons so that you may selectively attack or defend using just those weapons. The weapons may be selected using the last row of switches. Condition three, to turn off all weapons at once. This is a quick and easy way to secure from general quarters. When selected, all weapons are turned off. Note, remember that if you leave any station at battle stations too long, the crew will become tired and not perform as well. If you don't need a particular station, leave it off so the crew can get some rest. The last row of switches controls individual weapon stations automatically. Note that paired weapons, surface guns, anti-aircraft guns, and torpedoes are activated or deactivated as a pair. Surface guns activate or deactivate both the forward and AFT guns. These are the weapons you use to attack enemy ships or to pound enemy shore guns. 
anti-aircraft guns, activate slash deactivate both the port and starboard anti-aircraft guns. Only the anti-aircraft guns can shoot down aircraft. Torpedoes. Both the port and starboard torpedo stations are controlled by this switch. Torpedoes are only effective against enemy ships. Depth charges. Mounted on the stern, depth charges are activated with this switch. Submarines may only be attacked by depth charges. The bottom of the screen has the speed and heading controls and indicators called the helm. The helm controls are as described previously. Observation deck. To see the tactical situation visually from any direction, you can use the observation deck. The observation deck has the same helm controls as the bridge with the addition of another control for the viewing angle. The viewing angle is controlled by the dial located in the center of the screen. This dial allows you to turn and look in any direction regardless of the direction your ship is facing or to lock in a view in the ship's current heading. Push the joystick forward, F, to select the window and press your fire button, spacebar. The perimeter around the window will toggle from a light gray to a dark gray, IBM toggles from red to blue, Apple from gray to black. When the perimeter is light gray, IBM, red, move the joystick right, left, or the left and right arrow keys to change the viewing angle in any direction. Press the fire button, space bar, to lock in the forward view. The perimeter around the window will turn dark gray until you press the fire button, space bar, again. RA, radar. Radar allows a ship to spot enemy ships and aircraft at much greater distances than a telescope. Some course corrections may be needed depending on what is seen on the radar, therefore the helm controls are duplicated here. Radar operates on the principle of balancing radio beams off of a ship or plane and timing how long it takes the beams to return. This gives the approximate distance. The direction the antenna is pointing gives the bearing to the target. The range of the radar is approximately a 13,500 yard radius. Islands are shown as squares, ships as blips, and squadrons of airplanes as pluses. The top of the screen is always north. So if a target is seen on the bottom right hand side of the display, it is approximately southeast of you. This might be over your bow or on your starboard beam. So, sonar. The only way to see a submerged submarine is to use the sonar. Some course corrections may be needed depending on what is seen on the sonar. Therefore, the helm controls are duplicated here. Sonar works on the principle of sending sound waves through the water and timing how long they take to return after bouncing off of an enemy submarine. The direction of the transponder, sonar antenna, determines the range. This sonar will show the position of enemy submarines, blips, within an approximate radius of 13,500 yards around you, as well as the positions of islands. But beware, sudden, fast-moving blips heading towards your torpedoes. GF, gun forward. GA, 
gun aft. When enemy ships are nearby, the 5-inch guns may be used to fire on them. The guns are also used to support the Marines when they hit the beach. Each time the gun is fired, it will take several seconds to reload it. Repeated hits are required to sink a ship or eliminate a gun emplacement. These stations show the ocean, the 5-inch gun, the bow or stern, and a set of controls and indicators. General fire control follows the following procedures. Keep in mind that it may be more difficult to shoot freehand than with the targeting radar. Move the gun up or down, change the point by pushing the joystick forward or pulling back or running the up key or down key. Move the gun left or right, change the train by moving the joystick left or right or by using cursor keys or arrow keys. As the gun moves, you will notice the indicators change. Press the fire button, space bar, each time you wish to fire the gun. Wait to reload, then continue firing on selected targets, making adjustments as needed. Be sure to watch the number of rounds you have left. You can also select and lock the radar onto a target by using your sweep controls. Type TR for targeting radar, then press return. This will activate the radar sweep display on the lower left corner of the station and the blue light below it will flash. This will be red if the radar is damaged. Move the joystick left or right or left button and right button to move the sweep left or right. Line up the sweep with one of the blips shown on the radar screen, then press the fire button or space bar. The yellow light, IBM, white, will flash below the radar, indicating that it is calculating. As soon as the green light, IBM, blue, flashes, the target has been locked in. Line up the top pointers under train and point with those pointers underneath, controlled by radar, by moving the joystick right or right keyboard button, left or left keyboard button, forward F key, and back J key. When the pointers connect, press the fire button, space bar, to shoot. Wait to reload and continue the same process until you've eliminated your target, then select another. Indicators Train, the number of degrees that the gun is off the center line of the ship. Positive, plus, values are to the right, and negative, values are to the left. Point, the number of degrees that the gun is off the horizon. The maximum is 50 degrees, the minimum is 0 degrees, and the maximum range is at 45 degrees. Range, how far the radar lock target is in yards. Target, how far away the shell from the gun will land at the given point value. Rounds left, the two-digit number on the bottom right of the screen which indicates the number of shells left for that gun. Reload, flashes to show that reloading is in process. Fire, flashes green, IBM, blue, when ready to shoot. AP, anti-aircraft gun port. AS, anti-aircraft gun. Starboard. When attacked by enemy warplanes, use these rapid-fire guns to shoot back.
But remember, they have no effect against ships, submarines, or islands. The screen shows the port or starboard view of the ocean, along with any attacking aircraft that are close enough to be seen in that direction. Push the joystick forward, up key, or pull back, down key to move the gun up or down to change the pointing. Move the joystick right or left. Or use the right arrow or cursor keys to move the gun right or left to change the train. As the gun moves, you will notice the indicators change. To target and shoot at a plane, move the joystick so that the crosshairs are on the plane, then press the fire button, spacebar. You may push the fire button, spacebar, once for single shots or hold it down for a faster pulse of shells. Watch your temperature light. Indicators. Train the number of degrees that the gun is off the center line of the ship. Positive, plus, values are to the right, and negative, values are to the left. Point, the number of degrees that the gun is off the horizon. The maximum is 50 degrees, the minimum is zero degrees, and the maximum range is at 45 degrees. R indicates rounds per minute. The longer you continue to fire, the slower the rounds per minute. Temperature lights, green, yellow, red, IBM, blue, white, red, correspond to the R readout above. A red light indicates that the gun is overheated and not functional. It must be left alone for several seconds so that it may cool. Scoreboards. On the right and left bottom parts of the screen is a running total of the number of aircraft destroyed by that gun. A plane appears here for each one destroyed. TPE, Torpedoes Port. TS, Torpedoes Starboard. Torpedoes were used to destroy other ships at ranges greater than the guns. They were the only effective way of attacking a cruiser or battleship, as the destroyer's guns could not penetrate the big ship's armor plating. Torpedoes are not resupplied once used, there are no more available for that mission. This station shows the view from the side of the ship, port or starboard, along with the torpedo mount. Below this are the controls and indicators. Move the joystick right or left to move the torpedo mount when the range marker or aiming point is over a ship. Press the fire button, space bar, to launch a torpedo. If the distance is gray, you will have to lead the target ship by aiming in front of it. Note, keep in mind that both you and the target are moving and probably not parallel to each other. Indicators. Tube number, each torpedo, of the five per side is automatically selected for you. Each time you fire one, the light will turn red. When the next light flashes green, you are ready to launch another torpedo. Status lights, red, green, IBM, red, blue when the status light under the station number is green, the torpedo is operational. If it is red, then damage has occurred and you must wait until damage control has fixed it. Train, the number of degrees that the gun is off the center line of the ship. 
positive, plus, values are to the right, and negative, values are to the left. DC, depth charge. Depth charges are used to destroy enemy submarines. They are basically very similar to airplane bombs, but are dropped through the water. Instead of striking the ground, they are designed to detonate at a certain depth. By varying the pattern and depth settings of depth charges, you can bracket the enemy sub and hopefully destroy it. This station shows the view looking over the stern section of the ship. The depth charge launchers are shown in the view. There are two K-guns that shoot depth charges off the side and two stern racks that roll them off the back. Below the view are the controls and indicators to select, fuse, and fire the depth charges. To select one of the four launchers, move the joystick right, right arrow key, or left, left arrow key. The blue light will flash, indicating which launcher has been selected. Depth settings are controlled by pushing the joystick forward, F, or pulling, back, L, to increase or decrease the depth setting. To fire a depth charge, press the fire button, space bar. The depth charge will be launched into the water and will explode at the depth setting shown for that launcher. While the launcher flashes red, it is not operational. Indicators. Select launcher, flashes blue to show you which of the four launchers is. Selected. Depth charges remaining, the two-digit number displays how many depth charges are still available to fire from that launcher. Status, red, green the first BM, red blue immediately after a depth charge is launched, the status light will show red since the launcher must reload. When the launcher is ready to fire, the status light will glow green. When a launcher is damaged, both the lights will flash. DA, damage control. When you have received damage from enemy attacks, the damage control parties will attempt to fix it for you. The four damage control parties can be manually reassigned to any damage stations from damage control. The station shows each major item on the ship listed both above and below a side view of a Fletcher class destroyer. Below this display are the four damage control teams in order of their repair speed, Alpha, Baker, Charlie, and Delta. Select a team by pushing the joystick forward, F, or pulling it back, J. The blue light will flash, indicating which team has been selected. Select the station to be repaired by moving the joystick right or left, or by using the right arrow or cursor keys. The selected item will turn the chosen repair team's color. Press the fire button, space bar, to receive a report on that station from its repair crew. Then assign another team, if needed, or move the present team elsewhere. To turn off a crew, Cycle it through the list with the joystick and exit the screen at the top left or bottom right. Indicators. Team colors, Alpha Red, Baker Yellow, Charlie Blue, Delta Green. IBM, Alpha Red, Baker White, Charlie Blue, Delta Striped. 
damage indicated when an area flashes. Repairs shown as being underway when the one of the ship's stations or areas is highlighted. Note, the damage control team resupplies ammunition except torpedoes, which are not replaced when repairs are complete. Captain's Notes Call them tin cans, greyhounds, or small boys. These small, fast ships were called upon to do an amazing variety of tasks throughout World War II. Ready to fight off hostile dive bombers, trading shots with enemy destroyers, cruisers, and even battleships, or waging a cat-and-mouse war with submarines, these were the destroyers and destroyer escorts of the U.S. Navy. They were scouts, gun platforms, weather reporters, blockaders, troop and supply transports, frontline guards, search and rescue ships, radar pickets, mail deliverers, and surface raiders. They could do everything from dropping a small party of scouts on a tiny Pacific atoll to supporting a vast fleet in the invasion of a continent. When the United States entered World War II in December of 1941, the Navy had about 172 destroyers on hand, with 72 of these being World War I vintage ships. By the middle of 1942, the first of the new DD-445 class ships, the Fletcher, was underway. A total of 175 ships of this class were eventually built and although two more destroyer types, the Sumner and Gearing classes, were manufactured in the last year of the war, the Fletcher remained the frontline destroyer of World War II. Weapons Guns the Fletcher's main armament was her 5.5-inch 38-caliber dual-purpose, semi-automatic guns used for anti-aircraft, shore bombardment, and surface firing. They could use a variety of ammunition, including common, armor-piercing, illumination, variable time, and proximity-fused shells. These anti-aircraft shells held a miniature radio transceiver which would explode the shell when it came near the target. The 5-inch 38 caliber gun could fire on a surface target some 9 miles away or air targets up to 5 miles high. Although the guns could be sighted and fired from within, they usually were controlled from the gun director station sitting high above the bridge by using a fire control radar and onboard computers to calculate the target's position. The secondary battery was composed of the 40mm rapid-fire, automatic, water-cooled twin guns. These anti-aircraft guns were capable of firing about 160 rounds per minute to about 2,800 yards and could also be controlled by remote. For close-in defense, there were the 20mm air-cooled automatic anti-aircraft guns. Manually controlled, they had an effective range of about 3,500 yards. It's said that when the crew members deep inside the ship heard the distinctive chatter of these 20mm guns firing, it served as the warning of an imminent crash by a kamikaze aircraft. Torpedoes The Fletchers conventionally carried 10 21-inch diameter torpedoes and two quintuple mounts along the center line. These mounts could rotate 360 degrees to fire off of either side of the ship. 
The torpedoes were propelled by an air-alcohol water gas turbine system capable of sending the 2,215-pound fish with its 780-pound explosive charge some 3 miles at 45 knots or some 7 miles at 25 knots. The U.S. torpedo was plagued by difficulties during the war and could not match the performance of the Japanese-designed Long Lance torpedo. These oxygen-driven, practically weightless 24-inch torpedoes carried a 1,000-pound explosive and ran approximately 11 miles at 50 knots or 30 miles at 36 knots. Depth charges, the main anti-submarine weapon of the destroyer was the 36-inch long, 18-inch diameter depth charge or ash can containing some 300 to 600 pounds of TNT, these deadly devices were activated by variable depth fuses which were basically bellows operated by water pressure. Later, a teardrop-shaped depth charge was developed, which was more accurate due to its streamlined shape. The Fletchers usually carried six depth charge projectors, K-guns, three on each side and two racks to roll charges off the stern. Sensing The first American search radar set off to sea in 1937. Later improvements produced surface and air search radars. Quite often, radar was used to catch an unsuspecting submarine carelessly littering on the surface. As early as 1934, the United States was experimenting with echo-ranging devices and by 1939, some 60 destroyers in the U.S. fleet were equipped with sonar. Only highly trained and experienced men were skilled enough to make sense of the pings returned from an unidentified object amid the undersea noise. Engineering The most important mechanical system on board was the engineering section. To provide the ship with electricity, heat, ventilation, fresh water, and power, the engineering plant consisted of a myriad of boilers, engines, pumps, motors, and generators. Actual design allowed for two separate systems each capable of running the ship in the event of damage to the other. Crew The crew consisted of 306 enlisted men and 19 officers, lead by the commanding officer, always called the captain, regardless of his military rank. He was responsible for the ship as a whole, its safety and operation, and the performance and welfare of the crew. The executive officer assisted the captain, and beneath him were the various departmental officers including gunnery, construction and repair, navigation, engineering, and supply. When in a war zone, about one-third of the crew was on duty at all times, three rotating watch sections had four hours on and eight hours off. General quarters, battle condition one was sounded when enemy contact was made, unidentified planes or ships approached, or at dawn and dusk when bad visibility made operations hazardous. All hands reported to their battle stations immediately. Under battle conditions 2 and 3, war cruising, all sensors and lookout stations were manned and half the armament was ready for action. Glossary of ship terms. The stern, bow, deck, hull, bridge, centerline are all parts of a ship. 
stern, the rear section of the ship, bow, the front section of the ship, deck, a platform extending from one side of a ship to the other, hull, the body of the ship, bridge, the brain of the ship from which the captain normally gives orders, centerline, the center of the ship from bow to stern, port, starboard, aft, and fore are usually used to describe the relative location of an object in relation to the ship. Port, the left side of the ship if you are looking at the bow. Starboard, the right side of the ship if you are looking at the bow. Aft, towards the rear section, stern, of the ship. Fore, towards the front section, bow, of the ship. Amidships, midway between the bow and the stern. These terms have to do with steering the ship or controlling weapons. Heading, the direction on the compass that the ship is traveling. Bearing, the direction on the compass that an object is from your ship. Point, the angle, number of degrees, that is up or down from the horizon. Train, the angle, number of degrees, of a weapon from its normal position. Usually centerline or at a right angle to centerline of the ship. General data. Dimensions. Length, waterline 369 feet 3 inches overall 376 feet 6 inches. Beam, 39 feet 8 inches. Draft, full load 17 feet 9 inches. Displacement, standard 2050 tons, full load 3050 tons. Liquid load. Fuel oil, 137,740 gallons. Diesel oil, 6,772 gallons. Potable water, 16,939 gallons. Machinery. Boilers. Four Babcock and Wilcox double furnaces, express type, water tube, and type. Steam pressure, 615 PSI. Steam temperature, saturated, 490 degrees Fahrenheit. Superheated, minus 850 degrees Fahrenheit. Engines, two Westinghouse double reduction gear turbines. Shaft horsepower, 60,000 propellers, 2. Speed, 36 knots. Cruising radius at 15 knots, 6,000 miles. Armament, 55-foot, 738-caliber dual-purpose. Surface range, 18,200 yards at 45 degrees elevation. Air range, 37,200 feet at 85 degrees elevation. 1040 millimeters anti-aircraft. Surface range, 11,000 yards at 42 degrees elevation. Air range, 22,800 feet at 90 degrees elevation. 720 millimeters anti-aircraft. Surface range, 4,800 yards at 35 degrees elevation. Air range, 10,000 feet at 90 degrees elevation. 1021 inch torpedo tubes and two quintuple banks. Two depth charge tracks.
six-depth charge projectors, K-guns, sub-battle simulator, test dive one for yourself, the first in the master's collection for advanced gamers, the most detailed historic World War II sub-simulation ever, command one of six different U.S. Navy subs or German U-boats, perform target practice, play over 60 missions, or last through an entire war. Learn every aspect of underwater warfare, navigation, weapons usage, weather, repairs, and more. Completely authentic vessels with five levels of maps, periscope, binoculars, radar, personal arsenal, and more. Only from Epics. Limited warranty. EPYX incorporated warrants to the original purchaser of this EPYX software product that the medium on which this computer program is recorded is free from defects in materials and workmanship for a period of 90, 90 days from the date of purchase. This EPYX software program is sold as is, without express or implied warranty of any kind, and EPYX is not liable for any losses or damages of any kind resulting from use of this program. EPYX agrees for a period of 90, 90 days to either repair or replace, at its option, free of charge, any EPYX software product, postage paid, with proof of date of purchase, at its factory service center. This warranty is not applicable to normal wear and tear. This warranty shall not be applicable and shall be void if the defect in the EPYX software product has arisen through abuse, unreasonable use, mistreatment, or neglect. This warranty is in lieu of all other express warranties and no other representation or claims of any nature shall be binding on or obligate EPYX. Any implied warranties applicable to this software product including warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose are limited to the 90-90 day period described above. In no event will EPYX be liable for any special, incidental, or consequential damage resulting from possession, use, or malfunction of this EPYX software product. Some states do not allow limitations as to how long an implied warranty lasts and or exclusions or limitations of liability may not apply to you. This warranty gives you specific legal rights and you may also have other rights which vary from state to state. Game designed by Michael Kosaka. Original game programming on C64 by Chuck Somerville. Apple version programmed by Matt Decker and Kevin Chung. IBM version programmed by John Keane and Digital Illusions. C64 graphics by Michael Kosaka. Apple and IBM graphics by Paul Vernon. Commodore 128 is a trademark and Commodore 64 is a registered trademark of Commodore Electronics Limited. Apple II is a registered trademark of Apple Computer Incorporated. IBM PC is a registered trademark of International Business Machines Corporation. Destroyer, Sub-Battle Simulator, The Master's Collection and Fast Load Cartridge are trademarks of EPYX Incorporated.